Spring turkey season is upon us, and don't be caught out in the woods without having Onyx Hunt on your phone. One feature Onyx has that is often overlooked for turkey hunting is their recent imagery filter with their Elite memberships. This imagery is updated week to week, and it comes in extremely handy, especially when you're trying to find these gobble zones where these turkeys will go out in a high spot on a fresh clear cut and strut around all day long. Actually, I was just looking at it on Onyx where, where the timber company just came into Andrew's club and did a very small clear cut along this creek, and I can see the high spots on the topographical map, but also I can see exactly where they mulch, and those are going to be hot spots for finding gobblers, especially mid-morning after they get off their hens, getting up on these little high spots in this fresh, small clear cut along the creek and strutting and gobbling all day long. If you want to give Onyx a try, you can actually download it for free, try it for seven days, and if you decide to purchase, you can use the promo code SOUTHERN and save on your premium and elite memberships. So go into this turkey season, know where you stand with Onyx. Well, guys, we have some exciting news for you from Vortex about their brand new eyewear, their Banshee and Jackal sunglasses. Me and Andrew have had these for a few weeks now, right before the release, and we've been extremely impressed. They're awesome glasses, guys. And listen, if you're needing some new sunglasses, not only do they have the VIP warranty, but they're tough as crap, guys. Uh, Scratch-resistant eyewear, uh, it's extremely important. And also, they have safety features as well. So when you're out shooting at the range, again, these are rated glasses, so you are going to be more than protected when you're at the range. But they also look fantastic when you're out around town. So right now, Vortex has some special pricing on their website, which is vortexoptics.com for the new eye wear but also if you use the code southern20 you get to save even more on this special pricing for right now at vortexoptics.com again check out the new eyewear from vortexoptics.com and use the promo code southern20 to save on their brand new eyewear another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on, everybody? Oh, man, I'm so excited for today. Oh, I love some cheesy intros and some good talks. Um, guys, today on this Buck Report, uh, I'm super excited. We're going to talk to a couple different guys uh, pretty close to, especially one you're probably going to know, which is old Parker McDonald, the man himself from Old Southern Ground. Um, anyways, guys, we're going to be covering a couple different states today. Uh, again, just trying to get a feedback on what's happening. Uh, the cool thing is we're going to be talking to both uh, one individual from Tennessee along with Alabama and kind of see the difference of going what's going on in between those states. And you kind of take that across the board. I think Mississippi is the very same way um, as, you know, kind of Alabama. Uh, so we're going to be talking about why one state, you know, we're starting to get to late rut, post rut kind of time frame. The other state is just now starting to get a little heated up. Uh, and I'm actually going to be going down to Alabama 
tomorrow. So actually, when this episode drops tomorrow on the 30th, I will be down in Alabama hunting. So it's going to be me, Andrew, buddy JT, buddy Zach. I think old Michael Pike might come down from Southern Ground and hunt with us. And who else? I think that's everybody. I don't know. We might have some other people show up. Uh, but it's going to be a heck of a time. We're going to be hunting some public land. I'm breaking out the old firearms. I'm going to try to get me a deer now with a rifle. Uh, it's going to be a buck only hunt. So hopefully our chance to kill a pretty big deer is going to be pretty high. Get some cool deer on camera. Super excited about that. But other than that, guys, just wanted to let y'all know, uh, make sure you're following along with the Instagram uh, and Facebook if you're not already. And also make sure you tune in and subscribe to the actual YouTube channel. Um, we haven't put anything out in about a week and a half, almost going on two weeks now, just because we had some audio issues with the last few hunts. So we're going to get a lot of contact, or content, not contact, Jesus. Get a lot of content from this weekend. It's going to be a fun time. Uh, I think you're going to really enjoy that footage. And hopefully, 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 Andrew can break the ice on his first deer of the year. So that's what we're going to hope on, guys. And hopefully, uh, me, JT, and Zach might be able to get a good deer as well. So we shall see how it goes. But thank you guys for tuning in. And let's jump straight into these interviews. All right, guys. And first on the line, we have our buddy, the one and only Parker McDonald from Southern Ground. What's going on, Parker? Hey, man. I didn't know I was going to get to be first on the rut report. What oh, a coveted position. That's what I'm talking about, man. We had to have the celebrity on first. Come on now. <laughs> oh, whatever. Whatever. Oh, dude. All right. Maybe you had, to get, you had to get the crap out of the way first so everybody <laughs> listened to the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's do. Let's jump straight into this. Uh, Parker, kind of give us a little idea of what region of Al- – oh, yeah. By the way, guys, uh, Parker's going to be covering Alabama for us. Parker, give us a little region of Alabama that you kind of live in and general region that you're hunting in for this year. Yeah, so uh, I live in Coleman, Alabama, and I hunt north, I guess you could call it north Alabama, um, on the National Forest up here is where I spend most of my time, and uh, yeah, yep, I'm pretty much north Alabama is where I spend spend my time at. Awesome. Well, we know you had, or you know, anyone that follows you knows that you've had some success relatively recently, especially yesterday, so, you know, on your last few hunts up there, you know, what kind of activity and sign have you been seeing, especially with the buck sign in your area? Well, so, you, you know, Jacob, you're from Alabama, so you kind of know how just random the rut is in different parts of the state. And so, you know, I spent, with you guys, actually, we spent um, a couple weeks hunting in, like, north east alabama and man we were seeing scrapes and rubs over there um and that was in that was back in october and then i come back over here after that hunt and it was almost just barren you know i was seeing deer i was seeing lots of deer but i wasn't seeing any of the sign like i wasn't seeing rubs i wasn't seeing scrapes um and it wasn't until probably the uh it was probably november the november the wasn't the seventh probably november the 10th is when i saw the very first buck make a scrape and then i saw where those scrapes were and uh i saw i watched the buck he was just a young buck you know three point come down in front of me and started laying down a scrape and and so then i come to find out there's this whole transition line it's kind of a fire break road that separates the private land and the public land it's just a giant scrape line and uh and so for me that was kind of the the, the moment that i was kind of been waiting for you start seeing bucks hitting scrapes um i've started seeing rubs pop up i went to texas last week for thanksgiving and uh so i, I 
don't know much about what was going on that week, but from my friends, from Michael Pike, um, you know, he's he's kind of been around the same area that I hunt, and he, he's been seeing, you know, not very many scrapes at all. Uh, he, he thought he had the deer pinned down, and um, he knew when they were going to start doing doing activity and making sign and it's really just hasn't hasn't been happening over there where he's at but this one spot that i spent a lot of time in it, it has started so that's just kind of a uh, for alabama that's pretty normal some people see chasing some people don't some see people see signs some people don't it's just uh i guess really whatever the deer in your area want to do um but but yesterday you know i went back into the same area and you can definitely tell there's there's been it, the rut's about to really start picking up over there. Yeah, and that was the other question I was going to ask you is, you know, what time frame in your personal experience does the rut normally happen uh, in northern Alabama, or at least in, in the area that you hunt normally? You know, when are you seeing most of your rutting activity, uh, you know, throughout the season? So, um, yesterday, other than that little buck that I saw that was making that scrape, um, that was like the first real buck activity that I'd seen happen. But yesterday uh, – was really i mean it was just one of those days jacob where it's like you just feel like something is about to happen you know um and sure enough like in my my experience over here where i hunt in the area that i hunt um pretty much from the beginning of of december which you know it was a little bit earlier november the 20 whatever yesterday was 28th um from then you know that around the beginning of december until about mid-december is when it you really need to be in a tree in in uh in, i guess you could call it northwest alabama you know it's just it's just a magical time and i was i was super excited to see it um that's kind of what i have pinned down you know uh, december my dad's coming tonight he'll actually be here and we're doing a rutcation so um you know that first week of december is pretty magical for us now in most of your most recent uh, experiences in this area last you know a couple of years or so you know, are you seeing much chasing and cruising activity or, you know, what is it normally like when it comes to the rut up there? I mean, is it very hit or miss or is it normally pretty hot and heavy where you're really experiencing the rut in that area? Well, you know, it depends where, it it depends on if you're in an area with some high deer density, you know, a lot of people who hunt this national forest, they don't see chasing, but they do see cruising um, because you'll catch a buck cruising. But, you know, if there's, if there's not a lot of deer in the area, if you haven't pinned down where the does are at, then you might not see any chasing. Um, you know, it, it, luckily for me in the area that I hunt, um, it's probably about, you know, a, a couple hundred acres of public land that I, that I kayak to. Um, it's got a really high deer density. And, um, yeah, I've seen the last two years, I've seen, I've seen a lot of chasing. I killed a buck last year who was, uh, he was chasing a doe. And before daylight, right in front of us, we couldn't really see him. And um, uh, I'd say probably nine o'clock, he bedded down somewhere. And about nine o'clock, he came back out, and I shot him. He was by himself. I guess that doe had kind of maybe he had already done the deed with her, and he was done with her and looking for something else. But um, I ended up shooting him. So I mean, really, if you're in a high deer density area, you should be able to see some chasing. Um, yesterday, though, that the buck I shot, I shot a buck yesterday. Um, <laughs> I say he's a drop time deer. He kind of was a drop time deer. You saw a picture. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. Hey, I'd count it. Hey, that's an Alabama drop time. Yeah, that's what it is, man. It, I mean, it's a legitimate drop time, but he's only a five point. He's a big frame five point. Mm-hmm. Um, 
with a drop time, which is super weird. Uh, but it was a crazy thing that happened um, about seven o'clock in the on the private land. It's a transition line, like I said, and it's really thick. And I heard four of the loudest grunts that I've ever heard in my entire life. Oh yeah. I mean, it it was like they echoed through the hills. And there wasn't another hunter in there. At least they didn't flash the lights at me, and I, I was only sixty or seventy yards away from that line. Um, and I, I really, truly believed that there was a buck in there. And he grunted four times, extremely loud. I texted my dad, "Hey, I just heard he's in Texas hunting." And we we text back and forth. And I was like, "I just heard four of the loudest grunts I've ever heard. I think I nailed the time for this year." And sure enough, man, at seven fifteen, this buck came cruising, um, cruising out. And I don't, I don't know that it was even the same buck, but I think it was a buck that was going to try to find this other buck to fight. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what it looked like to me. He was real bowed up, you know, thick neck. Um, he's the third buck I've ever shot off this same ridge. It's just kind of one of those areas where there's a lot of bucks that that use it. And um, and after I shot him, you know, all his hawks were stinky and and i told you jacob it was 22 degrees yesterday mm-hmm. and it was cold like my when i was hanging my climbing sticks my mouth was sticking <laughs> to the stick it was so cold it was just dumb and dumber moment you know yep. and and uh i mean it was cold everything was frozen and this bucks uh hawks were just i mean they were stinking and they were soaked um which tells me you know that he he was recent like it wasn't old it wasn't residue it wasn't anything like he was he was in it you know he was marking territory and doing his thing very cool and now so um you, you know i think i hit i think i really did predict it right for this area that you know that first that first week of december mm-hmm. i started seeing it and i started seeing it yesterday with that buck um it was just a really cool time yeah that's that's kind of cool i mean that's kind of how it is you know down in central alabama where me and andrew hunt quite a bit is you know that normally <clears throat> It, it's starting to heat up, you know, that Thanksgiving week going into that second, that third, last week of uh, November, and then normally by the first week of December, you're you're seeing deer chasing, uh, at, or close to it at least. Uh, so that's kind of cool to see. It's you know very similar up there. Now, has the weather at all? You know, you talked about being pretty cold. You know, do, do you think the weather at all has played any factor with you and seeing any you know certain number of deer at all? Has, has that played a factor at all, or you don't think it's uh, that big of a deal? <laughs> Man, it really, it really hasn't. Um, now, I think, I think the moon affects the time of day that you're going to see deer. But in a lot of the areas that I'm in, you know, like yesterday, um, I believe the moon was pretty much right overhead, like right when the sun came up, is what it kind of, what it kind of felt like. When I was climbing, I mean, I was, I was climbing to the moonlight, you know, mm-hmm. yesterday morning, and uh, I didn't even need a flashlight because the moonlight, you know, I think that does play a part in in seeing the deer activity but i you know i haven't really struggled in alabama to see deer in the daylight now it might be right at first light and it might be right at last light um yesterday seven o'clock you know is the first time i've seen really good deer movement at that time of day um but i really don't think it had anything to do with the weather because you know i go out on these cold fronts that are supposed to be the right wind and and all this stuff and and you don't see anything you know and i go out on the hottest day yeah, hunting in Kentucky really kind of changed my view on that because, um, you know, deer deer are going to move if they want to move, and they're not going to move if they don't want to move. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times, you may just be in the wrong spot. And it doesn't have anything to do with deer movement. It might have more to do with you're not in a spot with a lot of deer. And so, 
Um, I, I, I tell people just be careful about how you're wording things because just because you didn't see deer doesn't mean that they weren't moving. It may just mean you weren't in the right place. Um, but for me, you know, I haven't noticed a difference necessarily in that deer I saw yesterday. Other than the one that grunted, he was the only deer I saw. So it's not like, you know, deer movement was just nuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was just, I was just in the right place. So, uh, you know, if, if you got a, an opportunity, you can play the wind right um, and get in a spot. Man, I tell people to go do it all the time. If you can get, get in there safely, then then do it, whether it's 80 degrees or 8 degrees. Oh, yeah. No, I, exactly. You know, I, I'm more focused on weather fronts coming in, whether it's, you know, storms, you know, cold fronts or just a warm front afterwards. You know, you always can find deer moving. Like you said, you know, you, you'll find deer moving if you're in the right spot. I mean, they're going to they're gonna get the move. Uh, yeah. Now, to kind of wrap this up, you know, kind of give us a, I mean, it's going to be hard for anyone to kind of mimic your tactics, but kind of give us your tactics on the rut in Alabama, how you go about hunting it, and, and kind of what's your game plan for this next week or so? Well, um, like I said before, anybody who follows the Southern Ground or anything that we do, you kind of know I do the I, I hunt with a kayak pretty much exclusively all the time. That's kind of the way that I hunt, and so that you know that's not going to change. Uh, however, my dad is bringing his bass tracker from Texas. He's going to be here tonight, and so we will be <laughs> using water access, but we may be using fast water access. Um, <laughs> But he's also bringing his kayak too, so we're gonna we're gonna be doing a little bit of both. Um, so that's that's my main tactic that I use. You know, is is coming at them from the water. Animals are always gonna be around water. It's pretty inevitable, um, and so it, it's worked for me. I've got one buck tag left, so Alabama we get three, and I've got one left. Um, and so my 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 main focus is don't just shoot something because it looks good. You know, shoot the one that. Choose something that that you're going to be, you know, is one to really remember. And so, um, to do that, I'm <laughs> I have a bad habit, Jacob, of like leaving an area just because I want to go find out what's what's elsewhere. But I'm I'm trying to focus on it, until I stop seeing deer, stay there because it's about to get hot and and the big boys are about to be out, you know. And so, if I'm seeing deer, I need to just stay where they're at. Especially, yeah. I mean, that's the biggest thing. You know, I tell Andrew this all the time because I think he has it pretty bad, and I think he'd admit it too, and sometimes it influences me too. Don't leave deer to go find deer, especially during the rut. If you are on deer, that is the worst thing you can do. I mean, is to to leave them to try to go find more because a lot of times it does not work out, especially on public land, because you find those little hot pockets, and once you find that, like, I mean, where you have, that's a a honey hole. So that that is definitely something that – you know, keep hitting it until it burns out and then maybe start looking at some other options, but that's probably going to be your best bet for sure. So that's awesome. Yeah. I, I told somebody, uh, on, on the hunt and beast Facebook page. Um, and you may have seen it. Uh, I, I was talking to somebody and they were like, man, um, you need to show me a few things. And I was like, you know, I don't think I really can show you a whole lot. I, I lucked into a really good honey hole, but, uh, this was actually my first spot that I ever found last year using beast tactics and it's just turned into a just a gold mine and i you know somebody's gonna find it one day and i'm gonna have to go find another one but until then man i'm just gonna keep i'm just gonna keep trying to grind it away in that same spot well perfect awesome parker well we appreciate you coming on for this week's episode uh definitely good luck this coming week on the old rutcation i hope you can get one down and hopefully I don't know. I think Michael might try to come hunt with us this weekend. I think Andrew said something like that. But, uh, dude, we're going to get back together and uh, do a couple other hunts. So, Awesome, man. That would be cool. All right. We appreciate it, brother. Yeah, man.
All right, guys, and next on the line, we have our buddy Derek Wood. Derek, how are you doing today? Man, I'm doing great. Couldn't awesome. be better. Awesome, man. Well, yeah, especially after getting your uh, your first buck in Tennessee. That's awesome. So, <laughs> got to start it off congratulating you on that, dude. Uh, yeah, man, I appreciate it. It's been a little bit of a grind this year. I uh, didn't have anything. Uh, I couldn't find anything good in preseason and uh, set a bunch of spots uh, leading up. And I passed on a lot of deer up until now. Uh, some of them I could wish I could take back. I had uh, some frustrating right here the last actually the last week on some cruising bucks on uh, nice nice deer on public land. I moved a little too soon, um, and then I had another big old buck on some private uh, caught me moving. Oh man! Yeah, I still don't know how they. Man, them suckers are good. Dude, I'm telling you, that's what happened to me on that, that real big deer that happened uh, that I ran to two weeks ago. Yeah, he caught yep. me moving and just didn't like the situation and, you know, couldn't get a shot off in time. But, you know, this kind of jump straight into this. You know, you're me representing the state of Tennessee for us today. Kind of give us a region of the state that you kind of live in and hunt in. Yeah, I'm in uh, Middle Tennessee. Wilson County is where I'm from. Um, I hunt all over, though, in, in Rutherford and Cannon. Um, I've got some property down in warren county just a small mountain property that i that i hunt in so uh, i've got a pretty good it's all mostly in the middle of the state though awesome well dude let's kind of jump straight into it you know tennessee we're starting to get into that, that late rut uh period of time you know with that being said what kind of deer activity especially buck activity are you seeing right now uh especially when it comes to cruising bucks and then also any kind of scrapes or rubs or anything like that popping up yeah so um just, just in the last few days, um, I actually found a scrape line to open back up. This was back into thick bedding. It was actually bedding on three sides of this area I was in, um, and that was open open back up, um, which I found interesting. And um, the setup that I had on this buck I killed yesterday um, was where there's a thick doe bedding cover, and then we come out into this to some winter wheat fields in the evening. Um, after dark actually and I, I basically just set up to catch anything that might be cruising this um, cruising along those trails and that's how I ended up uh, getting him he was nose down looking he was still swole up uh, the glands were you know they're they're leaking actually so um, so it's still, definitely still going on and I think I feel like this is a pretty good time to you know get out there and catch some of them the bucks that are coming off does and, and seeking again. Yeah, and that's one thing you talked about before we started recording is, you know, you really like this time of the year for that aspect. Now, when it comes to, you know, scrapes, I, I know you mentioned earlier uh, before we started recording that you started seeing scrapes reopen because I know the last few weeks, you know, scrapes have pretty much died off completely. Uh, you know, I would see, you know, some big fresh rubs every now and then, uh, you know, around doe bedding areas. But other than that, scrapes had pretty much died off. But you said you started seeing a couple other ones popping up. Is that right? Yeah, uh, which I, I found that interesting. You know, again, like I said, these these were pretty deep in the bedding, so you know you can um, kind of. There's definitely they're definitely checking back in there. Um, I it's not usually something I look for right now. It's you know I don't have anything pegged down, but uh, it's a it's a good time to just you know keep an eye open for that because if you do find them that are fresh open like that to sit over them i sat over that scrape line and actually saw some young bucks in there um i sat at a couple different winds a couple different ways and there was 
deer activity in there. Just nothing big showed up that time. Okay. Well, I mean, it makes sense, too. You know, we kind of noticed as well, you know, getting to that later rut, you know, bucks start hitting the scrapes again, just kind of reopening, try to find that, you know, last couple, you know, hot does that are coming in late or maybe even a couple, you know, doe fawns getting up into December for this area. Um, but, you know, kind of talk to us a little bit about, you know, this time of the year, you know, you told me you like hunting this time of the year just because of the aspect of you being able to find a really good buck that's kind of still maybe looking for does, uh, you know, in between, you know, food to bedding sources. You know, kind of talk to us about what is your tactic uh, for this time of the year, you know, looking at pretty much by the time this drops, uh, it'll be November 30th. But, you know, going into that first week of December, you know, what are you doing, whether it's on public or private, trying to locate and trying to find some of these, you know, higher quality bucks? So, so I, yeah, I do. I do like this time of year. I wish I always get discouraged. And I, I actually uh, would talk to you about this a little bit throughout the season because, I, you know, I pass on a lot of deer and, and um, I get a little bit frustrated. Now it's kind of like I, I'll get excited about this time of year because, I haven't had anything pegged down. I haven't found anything good on trail cameras that I was looking for. But now um, on all these different areas that I've kind of have pre-scouted or something that you can kind of look at aerial scouting and just pick out. I'm already looking towards food, even though it's a little bit early, but I'm starting to pinpoint where, where some standing corn or cut corn, beans, that kind of stuff is at, and then relate that back to bedding and look for some type of a pinch funnel that, you know, you can pick up, and that's where, you know, the the most of the does are going to be starting to collect around those areas, grouping back up. Um, and when you have that high concentration, ch- your chances wiggle way up that one of those are going to be a uh, late comer to the to going into uh, being ready to breed, going to asterisk. Now, another thing you said is, you know, trying to find some of those pinch points, you know, back away from food sources that these deer are going to be coming from bed to food. It's going to kind of tighten them down right there. Now, when you're doing that, when you're looking for these little pinch point areas, are you looking for, first off, topographical features, you know, like like a steep draw or something like that, or just, you know, a saddle? Are you looking more more, uh, towards, you know, more uh, vegetation, where you have different edges kind of coming together, you know, hardwoods the pines, hardwoods the cedars, uh, you know, little funnels like that? You know, what are you kind of focusing on? So I, I try to really dial it down because I, uh, I'm pretty stubborn and I still use my bow all the way, you know, pretty much all the way through. And so it's pretty important that I get almost all those things that you just mentioned in one. So if I can find either some type of a saddle, um, some type of a draw, uh, with edge to it, where it just, all it can be, all it has to be is either elevation. It can be you know, one type of vegetation to another, but somewhere you need more than one thing. And that's what I'm looking for when I'm looking at a map. This time of year, I got another reason why I hunted them scrapes just a little bit ago is it, I still have, there's a still oak tree out there that was dropping acorns at this time, you know, so I had food there as well, back in the spedding. You know, there's a lot of things that go into, to, you know, picking the best spot to be in and, and seeing deer every time. Now, now, how often are you, especially on public land, how often are you doing blind sits uh, this time of the year compared to sits compared to places you've either been to before or places you've already scouted at? Um, this year, for the first half of the season, it was almost every time. Um, I maybe speed scouted the edges uh, on different on some of these different parts and kind of just had pinpoints. 
and then just trying to relate, you know, look back in and kind of guess. And some of those sets were uh, going in blind, but just trying to retweak my first set. Um, but uh, and then once I started getting later on, I started going into some of my better spots, which I kind of count on the gun pressure to push deer back into those areas. Um, it's just kind of what I find around here. It, it definitely helps. Yeah, and that's uh, that's one thing we noticed too is. You know, especially Tennessee, with a lot of the public land up here, you know, open for, you know, the, the rifle season, gun season, almost the whole season, you can hunt with a firearm in a lot of these places. So, you know, if you can get in, like you said, and be able to figure out where a lot of that hunting pressure is located at and then figure out, you know, where are these deer in these little pockets, where do they feel safe at and where they're going to be, you know, most active during daylight hours. And that's one thing I've been doing lately, uh, especially since gun season opened up and been able to see a ton of deer once you do that. Because, I mean, it's amazing how many deer will get stacked into certain locations or, you know, just real thick places or just places, you know, people just don't really want to go to and you'd be able to punch in there and to see a ton of daylight movement and also be able to find some really, really high quality bucks. Yeah. That's, that's actually one thing too, that I don't, um, a lot of people don't talk about when they're talking about like pinches and, you know, these areas to catch these deer and as some of these areas were in, and actually the gun pressure has definitely let off since, I mean, these last two weeks I've been out, and see no one which is just amazing but um an escape route out of those areas uh i'll go get set up in there at this time of year as well because you get a lot of travel back and forth through there and those deer will cr- will go back in there and cross those trails just like they cross them going into a field mm-hmm. you kind of have to look at it a little bit different if it's a, if it's a back you know an exit out of an area um you know that you might have pressure coming off the road or things like that yeah exactly and again you know you're just trying to find spots especially this time of year you know talking you know tennessee georgia uh i guess north carolina south carolina kentucky arkansas missouri places like that right now that you know we're in that later stage of the rut that's what we're going to try to focus on right now like you said you know does are starting to bunch back up they're starting to hit feeding sources more so if you can find some of these areas these little escape routes these little little pinches you know especially when it comes to different vegetation and edges you be able to find these spots where these bucks are being crossing all that, trying to figure out, you know, if there's any hot does out there. And I think that can be a very efficient uh, time. It could be a very efficient time frame to be able to do that and be able to get a really good deer. Because especially, you know, a lot of these mature bucks, they're still looking, they're still searching. You know, I've seen some younger bucks starting to batch her back up again, but, you know, a lot of the big boys are going to stay separated. So you got a chance to kill a really good deer, and I'm excited uh, for what this next week or two will turn out to be like in uh, Tennessee. Yeah, I'm, de- I'm definitely going to spend some time uh, just in my truck driving around, seeing what's still there, you know, get figure out what the situation is now. I know what it was, you know, before season and sometimes, you know, a couple of spots during season, but I want to know what it is now and take my glass, you know, the glass with me and see if we can't come up with something and then make a game plan and, and that'll be, uh, the, you know, for the time spent here in the next few days. Yeah, and I think that's something that is very underlooked and under-talked about is, do you know, you have to adapt your tactics throughout the season. A lot of guys get stuck in their ways, and you hear this, I mean, even if you, I mean, there's different outdoor uh, media sources, and you can kind of see this with, with a lot of people, especially when you go looking at uh, television, stuff like that, and a lot of people get in the same kind of tactics, you know, year-round, you know, bed to food, food to bed, this and that. Well, the thing is, a lot of that changes, especially food sources and this different activity will change the deer 
and the deer's habits, and you got to adjust yourself throughout the season, especially this time of the year, and then going into late season. I mean, it's going to be a big difference, you know, three weeks from now, what the deer are really going to be doing. Uh, so that's that's really good that he touched on that, you know, kind of going out there and then, you know, adapting what you're doing now to try to find these deer because, you know, two or three weeks, they're probably going to be moving on to something different. Absolutely. And just, you know, getting in the, being out there and in a tree, if you, you know, you haven't been successful and it's been a long, you've been out there a lot and just trying to work through that mental game. Awesome. That's huge, that's huge right now. Well, Derek, give us a real quick to wrap this up. Give us a little piece. Give us a little bit of advice. What would you give some advice to somebody, uh, whether they're hunting public or private land this time of the year? Uh, you know, what would you tell them right now to either get them pumped up for the rest of the season, be able to pull through it, or uh, just get them excited to get back out in the woods after this rut? Man, that's just that's just it. If if you're finding yourself frustrated, um, like you know, I I feel that I get this way every single year. I do it to myself, but. You just got to stay positive, you know, take a day off, take your wife or girlfriend in the movie, you know, refocus and, you know, get back out there. Um, because like, like I say, this could be the best time of the year. A lot of the hunt pressure is actually backed off. Deer are stacked up and there's big boys out there looking for the last, last hot dough. So you got a great chance, you know, you just gotta, you know, fight that mental game and, and just be positive. That's going to happen for you. Awesome, Derek. Well, man, we appreciate you uh, coming on for tonight uh, for this buck report. So we'll definitely, which I know you and me are going to try to get on a couple different hunts coming up, but uh, definitely we'll have to have you come on a little later in the season to try to see you know, if any of these tactics play out. And hopefully we can do an episode with you. Hopefully we can uh, put a deer down and do a full episode. That'd be that'd be pretty awesome, man. Yeah, man, that's awesome. I got I got a couple ideas here I've been looking at. So, And then I'll, I'll, I'd like to make it down to the BHA, too. Alright guys, we're starting to get kind of close to summer here, and you know what my favorite part about summer is? The Mobile Hunters Expo. Y'all heard us talk about it a lot last year, and we actually got to meet a lot of you guys at that expo. Well, we're excited to announce we're going to be there again. This time it's going to be in Dalton, Georgia, June 28th through June 30th. We're going to be there all three days. We're going to have a bunch of past podcast guests there. We're going to have a booth where you can come by and grab some merchandise, and I'm sure we're going to be recording all kinds of podcasts there. If you're unfamiliar, the Mobile Hunters Expo is the place you need to be if you are the kind of hunter that listens to this podcast this show was literally made for you it is an excellent group of people that are going to be there a lot of whitetail killers from around the southeast are going to be there you're going to get to talk to them shake their hand learn from them in person make some connections and guys we get a lot of questions about hey, which saddle should i get which tree stand should i get what about this piece of gear what about that piece of gear how do I meet other hunters who want to hunt the same way that I do? You know, finding a good hunting buddy. The Mobile Hunters Expo is a place for all of that. So you guys don't miss it. June 28th through the 30th, Dalton, Georgia. We'll see you there.